So, whilst there's some mutterings in the background, that's fine. Uh, and you wouldn't believe that I have to read this because I say it so often, but welcome to 360 Conversation. <laughs> this is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally and create space for everyday joy. So, today, hello loves, thank you for being with me. Today I'm joined by Jessica Huey and um, I do my little spiel about the person and why I've got them here. There are a number of reasons that um, I wanted to have a conversation with Jessica. And I'll be really, really honest. When I first wanted to ask Jessica to be on my podcast, I thought, oh, little old me, she's not going to want to... Like, she's a published author. She's PR, Maven, MBE and all of this, like, you know, jams with Kelly Rowland and Meghan Markle. (laughs) In a minute. (laughs) And then um, I read Purpose... And I thought, no, nah, a bit like this is my girl. I might have to have her on. But I just knew that I wanted to be able to speak to you in the flesh. Um, so I, I waited and I thought, when is the moment going to be? Aha, my first anniversary. I'm going to have a live podcast episode. And um, despite all of the accolades and all of that kind of stuff, one of the things that I really, really enjoy about you is that you often say, do you know what? I don't know. I'm doing whatever and I don't know, which is really wonderful because somebody with your background, quite often we project on you to you having it all together, knowing what you're doing, knowing what every step is. Um, and I know that for sure, um, when Colourblind Cards first started, it was like you were definitely somebody that was like, yeah, that's somebody that, not like I, I want to be like, but I look up to, it's somebody that's doing great things and I'd like to be able to do that myself and then our relationship started however it started and Jessica is on every one of my mailing lists (laughs) every bloody mailing list she is there and I'm so grateful you pop into my dms or you send a comment um that just says you know you're about you're seeing things Um, which is really, really lovely because we're all really busy. There are lots of people that play social media games and um, it's not a game, like you've really paid attention. Um, When I read Purpose, I wondered whether or not it was going to be love and light and... (laughs) What is going on? (laughs) Trying to do your social media, babes. Um, Yeah, and then um, I I was reading you talking about your background and I was like, wow. Um, Labrick Grove gang, Westside gang. I was like, come on. And then when you... (laughs) And then when you talked about um, identity, your experience, the, the, the multifaceted experience of being of mixed heritage, outwardly black, strict parents, growing up on an estate, growing up in Labrick Grove when Labrick Grove wasn't the place that it was now, when like crack was the thing, um, and the 
doors that had been closed because of your identity about class. I was like, I, I was like, yeah, you went there. So I was, I was really pleased about that. So I thought that I was going to be asking Jessica quite a few questions about purpose and this and that. And then um, Jessica sent me just some information. Um, oh, the children, man. I was like, shit, the MF bed. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, so we're just going to go there. There's no point skating around. We're going to go in. And it's funny, you sent me what you sent me and randomly, and this is what I'm talking about when you're supposed to be doing something, God is just like, come on then, let's do this. So I opened up the page of your book where you've got a quote from um, James Baldwin. And literally when I'd read what you had written, I was thinking about another quote from James Baldwin. So we're just gonna, we're gonna go deep. Then we'll like rise up. We might just go deep again. I would invite you, if you've got any questions, if anything comes up to you, comes up to you whilst, you're talk, whilst we're talking, just put your hand up so we can all talk about it. But we'll start. So the quote is, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in rage almost all the time. So we're sitting here, me as a black woman, you as a woman of mixed heritage, one black parent, one white parent, we have our privileges, so I'm not going to pretend that we're like, you know, um, the stereotypes of black people you often see on the TV. Um, and it's a privilege, as I said previously, for us to, well, for me, for us to be doing this sort of work that's not often associated with women that look like us. Um, and on the black set spectrum, it's probably more associated with a woman that looks like you than a woman that looks like me. Um, I loved that, um, sorry, <laughs> just came, <laughs> that um, when you were invited on Sky News um, to talk about your mate Megan's wedding, um, that you forced in a conversation about colorism, like you were not leaving, that door wasn't closing <laughs> before you said what you had to say. Um, and I've got a lot of time for that. So yeah, so we, we started out on the estates in Labrick Grove. Um, and, you know, we studied, we've had careers and done all sorts of things, but fundamentally we're black women. So I want to talk about the weight of inequality and personal load. What does that mean to you? I think... So what I sent Tamu was some of my more recent writing. Um, I was trying to be discreet. I yeah, didn't know no, how no, much it's okay. I... <laughs> That's all right. And, um, yeah, and, and the, I have to say, you know, the, the, the honour is reciprocal because I haven't sent that to anyone else apart from, from Hay House. Um, but, I, you know, there, there's just some people that you really feel you can have certain conversations with and... Um, yeah, so, so thank you. Thank you. Um, I think I experience, you know, I've been on such an incredible journey throughout my life, but particularly in the last three years since, since that, you know, stint of caring for my dad. And most, many of you have, have read Purpose, so you'll, you'll know that that's how the book um, came to life. Um, but it's continued. And... I guess I realised there was this real kind of um, spiritual override, if you like, you know, that in my um, 
attempt to be compassionate or forgiving or love and light, um, which is our truth, right? Um, because I've experienced that too, but there were some things I really needed to feel first in order to authentically, to more authentically um, have that as my, my default. And um, a lot of that has to do with, with the layers, you know, there are, we are all subject to conditioning, but we don't all start at the, the start line in life. You know, that, that's just a, a reality, that's a fact. And none of us in this room are child soldiers. So it's relative, trauma is relative, suffering is relative. Um, but I think we have to, and, and something that has been a, a real frustration for me in terms of the self-help industry, which I found myself operating in because it wasn't a deliberate repositioning. Mm -hmm. You know, I landed in this kind of space through my personal experience. So I'm coming to it with fresh eyes as opposed to having trained or decided I've evolved to where I am, mm -hmm. which I'm grateful for as much as it comes with some some conflicts and some some questions, but is, is to really say, well, hold on a minute. Um, you know, there's a huge uh, elephant in the room. Hello. <laughs> that we're not talking about, that we're not addressing. And that is that, yeah, you know, um, for me personally, you know, there, there is so much, you know, that there is so much that we arrive with um, that we have to work through um, that we need to talk about. Let's talk it. <laughs> Let's talk it, talk it, talk it. So um, I'm going to, there are some parts of uh, Jessica's book Purpose that I'm going to refer to. Um, so on page 18, this is my social worker self coming out now, like <laughs> quoting bits and bobs. But um, you talked about the downward spiral of struggle with momentary wins. And uh, for me, that sounds really familiar. Like that, that is where I am um, at the moment. Not so much um, a downward spiral, I would say a, a, a treading water, um, like with the subconscious leaking out and controlling the narratives we're yet to own. Um, so two of my best subconscious narratives were social work was terrible, it depleted me, it was a really awful career, it made me ill and this and that and the other. Um, and then the other one was vulnerability is weakness. Vulnerable, I don't want it, it stinks, move it for me. I don't want to know, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. So in this work, I've resisted parts of the work up until very recently that would really benefit from my social work background because I was so attached to that struggle story of social work being this evil thing that I wasn't even allowing myself to tap into all that I gained because it's never, it's always contrast, isn't it? It's not dark, it's not light. There's always it's, um, gradients. Um, and then with the oh, vulnerability, um, I feel like I lived half my life so instead of experiencing experiences, I would dip my toe in and think, oh, the water's too hot. And, and like, you know, when you know when the water's too hot and then you get in the bath after a few seconds, it's the best temperature. I wasn't getting to the best temperature. Um, so I would just like sabotage myself when um, the going got good, really. 
So back to page 18, you, you described realising the fallacy of holding on to the struggle story, or you realised that holding on to the struggle story was a, val a, fa a fallacy, and you talked about the light that emerged with this realisation. What enabled you to give yourself the level of empathy, my favourite word at the moment, um, that enabled you to see that the apparent triumph of that struggle story, I was a young mum, blah, blah, life was a struggle, I worked really hard, when the apparent triumph through a very, very valid struggle story of being a young, single mum, blah, 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 how did you give yourself the empathy that allowed you to see that your triumph story, which was a very great angle, was actually creating limitations because you started def to define yourself by that struggle? I think it was part of a bigger, a bigger realisation around, you know, identity and how I defined myself and... Um, you know, I, I don't know that I so much as found a level of empathy as was shoved into truth, you know. Um, and I, I think, you know, it's interesting because I, I, for me, you know, I had this, this, this really profound experience when my dad passed on. And... Um, realized in 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 that moment that he wasn't his body you know and um what do you mean by that i felt his spirit leave his body damn yeah i felt his spirit leave his body and um i can't skirt around that as as strange a statement as that is to make that's what happened and you know, in the weeks and months that passed afterwards, I discovered that actually that's quite a common experience. You know, my reading, my researching, what the hell, I'm trying to make sense of things. And, um, and so from that position, you're almost rewinding because it's like, okay, well, if we truly are not this body, this is momentary, what does that mean? So then that's where the unpicking really, really, you know, I'd done 10 years of kind of self-development work and therapy and all sorts of things but to have that experience you know that changes it shatters all of the illusions instantaneously mm. and it also displaces you because it's not the kind of thing that you you know you want to say in every environment but were you quite a rational thinker 100 percent. i mean yeah. my degree is journalism i need empirical evidence i need rationale i need outcomes mm -hmm. i need to know proof Proof. Mm. So that changed everything. And then this exploration of, yeah, this, this just this, this huge questioning of everything from, you know, our belief systems around success and why I was continuing to do something that was no longer bringing me joy and wearing myself down and what that fear was that was preventing me from moving beyond it and why I felt so hemmed into it. Um, when, you, when you got to that place where you started to understand why you felt so hemmed into it, 
how did that feel and how did you move through that? It just began, it was a, a kind of increasing sense of discomfort. You know, I was doing this consulting consulting role for um, a year, um, which involved me doing involved me doing a commute. You know, daily four days a week, and so I'm getting home. My little ones in bed, and and you know the uh, meaning behind this this role was 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 really you know um, was meaningful. Um, it was about helping to get marginalised people into the workplace, and um, yeah, I stood for it. And and what I started to realise and see very very clearly is that the environment that in which I was working in. <laughs> I just started to really see that those values were not um, were not the priority on the agenda, and and you know perhaps it was naive because I guess we know this, but it became something that I couldn't, I couldn't mm -hmm. even if I'd wanted to mm -hmm. remain as part of without speaking my truth. Yeah. That's what happened. It's like my voice just started to, to I, feel, I could feel the tension in my chest. I had things to say and I needed to call out um, the disingenuity of, of it all. Um, not, not in a way, not in a critical way, but in a let's address this and, and you know. Yeah. And uh, when I realised that I've totally forgotten what your question was now, but okay. I'm literally <laughs> drinking in everything you're saying. I was talking about I was talking about how did you get to a place where you could yeah, see I had to that... speak. I had to speak. And I remember that, you know, I was sitting in this meeting and, you know, the CEO of this company, you know, and bear in mind they've made me a really interesting offer commercially. And You mean big money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um and I believe in what it's all about, but I know what my motives are, you know, I know where I'm coming from, I know my heart is in it. Yeah. And we're sitting in this meeting and um, he's talking about projections and figures and, you know, here's what we need to make in the next blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, well, I don't think we can address this until we discuss the, mis the, 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 the culture of mistrust in this agency. And all of the women, particularly, who I knew was so there with me because it, they were frustrated, you know. They were all silent and everyone was silent, you know, and it was almost as if I'd spoken madness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I went and I knew then and I went home and I cried my eyes out and I cried and I cried and I cried as though I'd spoken for all the times I'd never spoken. I'd never, all the times, all, all over the years, I hadn't had the confidence or the courage to use my voice. Yeah. And it was like a watershed moment because it's like once you find your voice and you, you, you know who you are and you know what you stand for, there's no going back. Otherwise, you just feel like you're cheating on yourself. Yeah, and it's, it, you can't. You, mm. And perhaps you have, but you arrive at this place and it's like... And that's where, you know, the trust, the real faith has to kick in because over there is unpromised. But, yeah, you have no choice but mm -hmm. yet to keep walking mm -hmm. in that direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, um, absolutely. I, I wish my... <laughs> I wish my arrival was so eloquent. I just got to a point at work where I thought... <laughs> I just thought, I don't care. Like, I legit don't care. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. I literally... <laughs> 
and I always said to myself, being a social worker, if I get to a point where I don't care, I've got to leave. I'm not being in the newspaper because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do my visit on time. And like, I used to be somebody that would do things on time. Um, and then one day I was talking, <laughs> sorry, my jokes are my jokes. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was talking to um, Marla about being able to recognise that enough was enough when I started to like have a mild sense of panic. And Zia said, Mum, you're always having panic attacks, you panic everything. I was like, damn, I thought I was like keeping myself together. I thought I was containing it. And I just thought, oh my gosh, it's leaking everywhere. And then the judgment. Oh my goodness. If there was something to judge, I'm judging it. <laughs> like my business, I'm judging it. Other people's business, I'm judging it. Shoes, <laughs> like, the whole shebang. And then I just got to a point where I was, it felt disgusting. Like it literally felt like heartburn. Um, and then I did this um, Marianne Williamson um, meditation. And she said, you know, there's a bright white light and da 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 da. And she was talking about bringing something to mind. It was something about bringing something to mind that you need to work on. And judgment came to mind. That bright white light. And this is the thing when you're doing this sort of thing, I'm very analytical. Social work made me very, very analytical. I'm always, when people are talking, I was always scanning like, uh, my life is a load of gifts. So there's a gif of Oprah Winfrey. And she's like, so what's the truth? <laughs> Literally, I'd always be like, so what's the truth in, in looking at conversations? And so I had this meditation with Marianne Williamson. I said, blah, 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 white, bright white light, whatever you've got to work on. I'm telling you now, I saw the light. My eyes were closed. It came through my head down and it sat in my pelvis. It was like period cramps. But I hadn't learned the lesson, Karen. I hadn't learned the lesson. So I went straight off and judged. And I had like a period pain kind of cramp. I was like, what's this? But still, I was in denial. Like it couldn't be because it didn't make any sense. And it kept happening. And I thought, you know what? Period pains aren't fun. So I'm going to try and let go um, of this judgment. And it's a lot of work. And it's quite ugly to know. Well, I felt like it was quite ugly to know that I was this person that would judge for the hell of it. Because it was funny. Like, there's other jokes. But anyway, anyway, um, how can we create and take up wellness space as black and brown women in a world where we've internalized messages that say joy and well-being is not our birthright? So how can we use this space more to have difficult conversations? Because sometimes if you've got a, a wellness based business, for example, or if you've got a, a business full stop, I know quite a few people that had like... Um, interiors businesses who had businesses for years and only in the last year have put a picture of them holding a cup on their Instagram because they were concerned about the response of others by seeing a brown hand. Um, and I've seen, when um, Leah and I were actively doing Motherhood Reconstructed, we would get DMs about people having conversations that they would never have outwardly because they were concerned that the moment you say, this is unfair, some white people white people would be like, oh, I'm not racist, you can't say that, that's so unfair, I'm in tears, blah, 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 and then centre themselves, and then it would hit people's bottom line. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I think we have to, um, first of all, in, in terms of taking up space, we've got, we got to do our own, we've got to do the, our work. We have to do our, we have to do the work, because, 
you know, we know what the outside, we know what the challenges and the obstacles and the inequalities are out there. But a lot of it has to do with how we manage to navigate what's out there has everything to do with where we stand within our own selves. Mm -hmm. So we have to do the work before expecting anything to change out there. Because I tell you something, when you hold yourself, when you carry yourself, when you know who you are and you are not, you know, shrugging your shoulders and shrinking back and you own space, regardless of the colour of your skin, people cannot help. Most finger snaps, crew. You know, but, but meet you where you are. Yeah. The world will meet you where you are. And it doesn't mean that you won't walk into judgments, stereotypes, expectations, people preempting all of that. That's not our business anymore. That's not the business. We have to do the work first and, and, and know that there are layers of that work. Hmm? Because for me, <laughs> you know, I had this idea, you know, at the end of the... It wasn't an idea. It was, it, was, it was a kind of slow burn. I was making this exit strategy from, you know, the woman I used to be, as I, I wrote in what I shared with you, mm-hmm. and, you know, decided to close the PR business. And, you know, this has been my career for 15-odd years, and people know me for it, and it's how I make my money, and it's... And, you know, it's what I do. And... You know, the realisation that I was still clinging. I'd written purpose, but I still had a finger clinging onto the edge of the pool and I needed to let go. It was terrifying. And, and when I made the decision, then I started to feel excited. Like, OK, I can see... Is that when you started pastures. coming on Instagram saying, I don't know what's happening next week? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't ask me about my yeah. agenda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I, I knew I have... I'm not sitting there idle. I've still got my work, my monthly workshops. I do some consulting. But in terms of having two, approximately 200 emails coming into my inbox every single day hmm. and staff and, and then everything else, I decided to let go of that. And as I started to feel not smug, but excited, really positive about this literal new chapter of my life and, you know, writing and space just to be and do a bit of gardening... You know, and I kind of went out and I thought, right, you don't need these shift dresses anymore. I need some floaty skirts. and <laughs> Caftan. Yeah, I'm going to need a nice amethyst crystal for my living room. And, you know, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you start, I started to feel like, OK, I got the hang of this. I know what I'm doing. You know, I know what it's about. Life's about purpose. Yeah, it's this. So I'm not defined by what I do. And then life comes in and it says, whoa. Hold on Stop a right there. Yeah. You don't have it all worked out. There's more to see. There's more to heal. It brings you to your knees. It's humbling. Yeah. And painful because suddenly you think you've arrived somewhere and you know intellectually you haven't arrived there and you're never there, but you start to feel you have because mm. you've got a certain bit worked out. And that's really what happened to me. And it was like, okay, I've got to go back into, I've got more to heal. And that was really beautifully humbling. Hmm. Painfully humbling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, you're going to go back in the cave and... Yeah. Have you got something to say? Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to say, just on what you're talking about in terms of racism and those kind of things, you know, like, growing up with the mum who was, like fighting for against apartheid and you really had a strong sense of black community and then suddenly we had it all and everything was post-racial and clearly it's not again do you think there needs to be some sense of community again so that we kind of stand 
for each other because for a while everyone was kind of protecting their corners almost and didn't want to share the For success. me, sorry Jess, yeah. um, I think that it is time for, so I grew up like your parents, they were anti-apartheid, I knew that we couldn't have Cape Apples, I knew that my mum was going up to um, South Africa House and doing all this stuff and singing free Nelson Mandela. Um, so there was all of that sort of stuff. But then my, the, the years when I was conscious, it was multicultural. Everything was talking about multiculturalism. Then, and it's, it's a very recent learning, when Black Lives Matter had to begin because of all of the stuff that we were seeing in America because we have smartphones and live video and all of that sort of stuff, I realised that the story of multiculturalism was a lie. It was actually assimilation. Mm. So as long as you were assimilating, it was multicultural. Mm. But also, I think that we need to have a new conversation. So, for example, there have been times when people have come across me and have said, oh, I, I really love what you're doing. Um, I really love that you've created something, something for black women. No, I, I, because I'm black, I don't need to, it's that, that whole taking up space. I will take up space anywhere, anytime, any place. And I do know that that comes with the privilege of being, thank you, um, the privilege of being educated, of having a mum that regardless of the fact that we lived on an estate, we were going to all the museums and all the theatres and the ballets and all of that kind of stuff. But I think that it's time for me to show myself as I am and for you to see me and think, Tamu's doing that, I can do that myself. And for a non-black person, whether they are Asian, white, whatever, to see me and say, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that black people do everyday joy, actually. Um, her conversation is really interesting. Um, so I just think we need to give ourselves permission to be who we are. So when people are um, surprised that I like, I don't know, new brand flex gash by the hour um i'm like yeah i, I like gash by the hour but lisa uh, lisa i nearly did it again i'll put it on the next i'll put it on the next spotify playlist um then uh, leah aka lisa <laughs> put me on to um ness and dorma and that gives me the same amount of joy as gash by the hour and i don't care who knows that do you know Gash by the Hour? I don't know. What? What is it? Rock or something? No, it's not. It's um. It's 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 um. What is that? It's not grime. It's like UK. No, it's not trap. It's quite old. It's dry grime. It's dry grime. Okay then, I like I like Fatiana, blue face. <laughs> we don't know well, exactly. That's the thing, but it's just about. Um, I think that now that assimilation game it is, it hasn't got us anywhere. We just have to be who we are. One of the people that I love, and I'm so glad she's here, Aisha Carrington. Her retreat is called Get Lit Retreat. She's inviting people to her love trap house and people are doing meditation and twerking and all the rest of it. We, we can just be who we are and whoever doesn't like it, it's just not for you and it's as simple as that. Like, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> so I don't know if Jess has anything. <laughs> 
who these people are you're talking about. <laughs> I am going to email you all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get gashed by the hour. Um, and he was inclusive. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not a nice song. No, it's not. And it is not nice to refer to women anyway. Let's go. <laughs> So you come from an analytical background. As much as PR is very creative, it's very facts and figures. You want people to see that they're, or you want to try and get people a return on their investment. You're proving yourself quite often. Journalism, you need a strong evidential base. Um, you can't just pull a quote out of nowhere. So you've now... You do when you work for Max Clifford. But. Well, <laughs> listen, people aren't here to be sued. I didn't say that. I, allegedly, allegedly. Um, so, and as your career progressed, you became very driven by a big mission. You went to go and buy your daughter a greetings card. There were no black children, no brown children on greetings cards. You started a greetings card company. You then became attracted to the allure of people with mission-driven businesses, purpose-soulful businesses. So you started doing um, that sort of PR. Then you, the sad passing of your father, opened you up to things that you had skated around on the surface of. But you've had a long time of answering the call of big missions. How do you say no to the big missions and say yes to the adventure of li allowing life to unfold? How do you go from someone who must have had quite a tight schedule to somebody who's like, okay, then I've got my things that I need to do, but generally, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Mm. It's, a, it's a huge adjustment, and it's, it requires a lot of discipline to not fill... I could very easily fill my diary again with the requests that come in, with the requests, whether they're requests for help or requests for me to speak, or, you know, I could, I could be busy in a heartbeat. Um, so it's, it's a real discipline and, and a recognition of where that need to be busy comes from mm. where that need to feel needed to be of service comes from because it was a revelation to realize that sometimes it's much easier to be of service to other people and help Hello. them with their suffering because it's easier than looking at our own mm. right and so again that beautiful humbling um at the end of the year which was like okay you need to really take care of of you now mm. you've got some some you know you've got some stuff to really go back and 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 uh, and work through again, and sit in again, and come through, and mm. um, all of that is very much tied up with creativity. You know, they aren't separate. Healing and creativity and spirituality, and and all of it is is really all one. Mm. Because the, the the beauty is that you know when we, when we are able to give ourselves to to yielding and and just taking our hands off the steering wheel or surrender or whatever you want to call it, anything we create from that space is always going to have a, 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 an essence and a power to it that yeah. nothing we could do with our intellectual mind could create. I mean, that's how my book came to pass. And so I think seeing purpose, you know, come into creation and, and the, the, the beauty it has exposed me to, the true beauty and the true success, which has nothing to do with any of the incredible experiences I had through my, you know, entrepreneurial or PR career, mm. which I'm grateful for, but connection. 
real connection, mm. you know, unmasked connection and, and what that's done for me and for others. And that's success and that's living. Yeah. And that can only come from that place which isn't constantly planned yeah. and strategized. Yeah. So I, I have that, that wonderful reference point, which is, is, is helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nonetheless, you know, it's a world where most people, with society, you know, it, it, you're, you're viewed as idle or lost or confused or irresponsible or any of the above when you don't have a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, then you start to bring in your own personal... <laughs> if you don't personal, plan, you plan to fail. All of that, you know, mm -hmm. hashtag make it happen. No, yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe not today. Yeah. You know, there's a yeah. time for, there's a season for everything. All of that, you know, ah. Oh. The, the discovery of, you know, the, um, you know, I can tell you I'm day three of my cycle. You're getting the truth speaker right now. <laughs> it's raw. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't want me on day 28. <laughs> Did not want me here. Yeah. You know, all of that. We didn't get taught that. We didn't get taught that in school. We didn't get taught that culturally. Yeah. We didn't talk about periods, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. And so there's, there's been so much learning and allowing and acceptance and, uh, yeah. Beautiful. It's, 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 it's beautiful and difficult all at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. And um, let me just carry on before I go somewhere else. So um, and the thing is, I know that um, talking about allowing, unfolding, it can sound really privileged and like, you know, I, I was saying on uh, my Instagram story today, a few years ago, if you would talk to me about everyday joy, I'd been like, get lost, I'm busy. Like, I've, I've got stuff to do. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but do you have any thoughts on everyday ways we can allow life to unfold regardless of our socioeconomic status? Because quite often... I find that people think allowing life to unfold is a privilege for the wealthy or people on benefits. So people that are in between, like seriously, like you think our people on benefits, they can coast, they can daydream, they can whatever. But us in the middle who have been, you know, from the moment, not, not even just from the education system, but the moment we were born, we were taught to keep ourselves busy. Um, what's it? Idle hands, whatever that saying is and all that kind of stuff. So... We, we, we hear things all the time, like, give yourself permission to do that. I'm just like, how? If, if you don't know, if you have definitely been brought up to attach your worth to your output, how can you start to allow and unfold rather than um, hustle hard? <laughs> you know. I think it's important to say, you know, because I'm not anti-ambition by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think it's about what's driving it, isn't it? Yeah. And... Sometimes, for many of us, there's an unhealthy momentum behind that. And it may pay dividends in terms of results. It certainly did in my and has in my life, but it's not sustainable. And also, what are we passing on to our kids? So for me, you know, I loved what you said about, you know, your nephew and your daughter. For me, um, that, that's really the legacy that I want to leave for my kids. Um, peace. You know, it's okay to be in peace, as you say. Joy is your birthright, mm -hmm. and um, chaos so, yeah. can be so addictive, though. The chaos can be so addictive, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, how are you doing? Busy. That's the oh, standard. Gosh, can't stop. Yeah, 
you know, busy means good. Yeah. Um, you're in demand. You're in demand. You're wanted. You're worthy. Yeah. And, uh, what are some of the ways that you unpicked that so that you could allow? Again, it comes back to doing the own your, the work on your. You have to. You have to have an incentive, don't you? So if you start to realise that, you know, doing doing is a distraction from being with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if we, why don't we want to be with ourselves? <laughs> There's a reason. What don't we want to look at? You know, what is the aimless scrolling or the Netflix or the, you know, the coffee bars, whatever it might be? You know, what is it keeping us from? What's there that you mm. don't want to see? And um, the, 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 I guess the sort of acknowledgement and the admittal that there is something you don't want to see and, and the decision to, to change that and go there with mm. yourself, for yourself and yeah. for your family and for yeah. your descendants. And, you know, otherwise we just keep passing this stuff on through generations. And, who, you know, if, if we, we are the privileged who can even see it. Yeah. So what are we going to do with that? We owe it to our ancestors yeah. and to our future generations yeah, yeah. To, to, to take this recognition and do something with it. Not just know it intellectually. Yeah. Actually do the work. Take the action. Yeah. Um, sorry, Zaz. Oh, she's got a head. Oh, she can hear. Um, the other day, um, my daughter was saying, oh, um, something, something, I had anxiety. I was like, what do you mean? I said, don't call that on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was probably a little bit stern. Um, and probably like bro, whatever, because she just calls me bro. <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter like... calls me rat. Monet calls me rat. Okay, right. It's affectionate, rat. Clearly, but is, is bro affection? When you call me bro, is that an affectionate bro? Oh hi. No, I was talking to Zia. <laughs> your fam, your mandem. <laughs> but, um, but I just thought, wow, she actually knows that word. And she knows, well, what she was talking about was being nervous. So I was like, there's a difference. We can't be pathologizing ourselves all the time. Everyone's depressed. Everyone's anxious. You're yeah. nervous. You're feeling sad. But I thought she knows that word. She knows she can connect that feeling. There's even somebody she could talk to at school about that. Can you imagine being at school saying that you're feeling anxious? I don't even think the teachers would be able to comprehend. So I think it's... They do now, but in 1989, they did not. They were like, put your socks up, do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And when I'd go home, it would be like, have you got an E? <laughs> So um, that, that wasn't there. So I think it's really, really important that we do this work because being joyful is work. Um, allowing is work, especially when you've been somewhere where it's kind of like make things happen kind of thing. And one of my most beautiful um, observations is um, seeing my mum every week go off to yoga um, with Marla. Like we all are just like banging down Marla's door to be stretched and tortured <laughs> with her ropes and stuff. Um, because my mum saw me start to prioritise being joyful and she thought, I want some of that. I'm allowed to have that. I don't just have to run my business, manage staff and all that kind of stuff. I can actually, and it's, I'm not spending money. I'm investing in myself. It was a real shift um, in the thinking. And if there was something that she needed to let go of to make that um, investment happen, 
she did that. She was definitely not brought up to think about being joyful. That was probably a sin or something like, <laughs> you know, that's not something that happens. Um, in the writing that you sent to me, you uh, said, if it doesn't break the law and isn't dangerous, do act on those spontaneous pearls that occur in moments of divine inspiration before life and your thinking before life and your thinking mind click back in with thoughts of rationality, fear, distraction from the whispers of your true purpose. How did you tap into that whisper? And how do you continue to turn the volume down on the other stuff so that you can continue to hear that? You know, our, our intuition really whispers. It doesn't shout and scream and brag like ego. So how, how do you turn that down? You, well, for, for me, I'm... That's in purpose, isn't it? I, 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 the colourblind moment was definitely one of those, you know, because um, I wasn't in this space then, 13 years ago now, and uh, when I was on a lunch break, looking for a card for, for Monet, and um, and I oh, there's no cards with you know anyone that's black, Asian, mixed. Why don't I do it? You know inspiration usually I mean I was in a career that I was enjoying I was enjoying the glam the glamour of it um flying all over the world hanging out you know all the stuff that's really uh impressive when you're 26 or 42 nearly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was you know from being you know in a hostel at 17 to suddenly I'm on private jets and flying to Turks and Caicos amazing things interviewing Jay-Z and you know, Dear God, please can I interview James? <laughs> Put it on your vision board, girl. Um, you know, so I wasn't thinking about departing my life, but for some reason there was something about this. This, this was necessary, mm. and for whatever reason, I chose to, to, you know, to step it, to lean into it, and and to breathe life into colourblind and without a clue how to run a business. And um, but it is those things. I really think that ideas are gifts that, that come to us for a reason. Mm. And they, they are always, you know, heart-centred. That they're not how to make quick bucks. Um, and today, again, experiencing the difference in the quality of creating something which comes from beyond that place of intellect... Mm. And just here, I know what I'm doing and planning, experience, experiencing that through my book and, you know, this new path that is opening up for me. Um, why would I do anything differently yeah. other than stay within that? And, and so it's about prioritising my connection to, you know, the most high and, and making that, that connection to spirit or whatever you want to call it, the universe my priority, because I am better in every single area of my life when I maintain that connection. Yeah, yeah. 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 I tried it for 36 years, just mm. Jessica, I've got, I can fix this and make it all okay, and uh, I was smashed, I yeah. was drained, I, yeah. I, I, I doesn't work. Mm. And it's, it's really um, interesting because, um, like, the, the sort of decolonizing your mind from that kind of rational thinking because just because we are I'm thinking to myself just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that it's not science like I love science but it doesn't have to be something that I say two plus two equals four because I also know that three plus one equals four and there's been so many times that I've thought 
I've just felt really connected and I've prayed or visualized or whatever and literally bing straight away something happens the moment I start doing the right if I do this and calculate that then I can make this and if I do that and do that then I can do that crick kits <laughs> literally I'm like damn how are we gonna live like what's, <laughs> what's gonna happen but the moment the moment I, I the the moment I um Danae talked about Shakti Gwain and um creative visualization when we had our podcast together and um I was so glad you said it when you said it because I was able to really tap into that and um <laughs> I've just mentioned to my mum about it she said oh yeah that's what I do when I pray church is boring like how 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 has this been happening all this time and you haven't but literally um nancy's gone now because she's um with her daughter but um there was one day that i was like really connected and um i was like right what i would really love to be able to do is create space because money is real yeah so i want to create space um by paying off my credit card and I thought about it, whatever. Bing! I get a letter through the thing. I saw Louise TSB. I thought, I'm not reading that man. Like, <laughs> what do you want from me? And I opened it and it said 900 and something pounds. I closed it quickly. I thought, I ain't got it. You can't have it right now. When I opened it, they were crediting my, me 900 and whatever pounds. And because God's spirit universe knows me well and they know what my Amazon and Whistles card <laughs> looks like. They paid it straight onto my credit card. They. And I was like, wow. Previously, I would have been scheming. Yeah. I've got to do this. If I don't eat lunch, maybe I'll be able to, whatever. And, and things like that keep happening, whether it's on a small scale or a larger scale. Even as I was saying with my seven days of joy challenge, I did not say this was going to happen on this day and that day and the other day but it just coincided with things that I can't even remember what was on the bloody challenge now but it just coincided with stuff so I really but it took a long time to get there it took like 42 years no 41 years and nine months <laughs> like it's not and, and I've, I think it's really important for us to get here because you and I are talking about something that emerged out of struggle I want mm. my daughter to have it because she just has it. Mm. I want the people that come after me to have it just because they have it. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. Anyway. Uh, oh, what scares you the most about what you're doing now? All of it. I'm just all of it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. It's like, it's terrifying and liberating all in one foul swoop because it's nothing is promised and you know particularly when you grow up in a way where you know for me I had this 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 control freak freakery is born in childhood you know often when there are things there is chaos or dysfunction you you need things in certain places and so I was a real perfectionist and I like to have everything in its place and that was my coping mechanism mm -hmm. and uh you know many people who are who are successful successful and achieve um, in the way that society says what achievement looks, um, have that story of struggle in early childhood. And it's a way of safeguarding almost mm. um, against rejection. So it, it's the antithesis of 
everything I've ever been to be this way today. And, you know, even look at the, the industry I was in, public relations, you know, the art of shaping perceptions, mm. controlling how people are perceived. Mm. I mean, you know, the irony isn't lost on me. So to, um, and again, that's no bash on PR because you can bring integrity to PR. And that's mm. one thing I'm really enjoying doing through my masterclasses and retreats and things. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's a, an unmasking and an unveiling, which, you know, leaves you feeling naked. But yeah. that's where, that's where the... That's where everything is. Yeah, can feel the wind. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the sunshine and the storm of personal development. Um, like I often, like, I've just had to make peace with the fact that I'm one of those people, I think I will always be in transition, that's it, um, and that um, I'll continuously need some kind of... Because the default setting is, is so deep that I'm constantly going to need something... And what I, what I realised very recently, via Instagram, so we shouldn't bash it all the time, um, I follow one of these plant hashtags and there was a um, time lapse of a um, plant growing. Mm -hmm. um, so it, show, it shows the seedling under the soil and it shows that the roots go down and it goes wide and then it goes down and then it goes wide and then it starts to come up. So every time I have come up and actually been a bit like, mm, I'm, I'm in this place, I'm so cool. <laughs> I've been pulled back down again yeah. by, like I, I've said before, like it's just like my ego just gets slicker. Mm. So then I need to do more and, and, and it, gets, it gets darker, gets deeper and darker. So that kind of like shadow work mm. needs to be done alongside the everyday joy mm. because the everyday joy gets stronger and taller the deeper the work and the wider the, the, the roots go. Um, so, oh, and, the, and when I really started to realise stuff about myself, it was, it was, it was horrible. Like, it, it really wasn't nice. Like, I say to people, oh, I had an existential crisis and I smile about it because actually um, it brought me a lot of peace, but at the time it was, it was really, really disruptive. Um, I wanna know, how did you feel when you first realized that there was no end to this work? Like there's no destination mm. on this journey. You know, I knew theoretically, there's a lot we know like with our head, but to really know it and experience it with our heart and really know it is a different thing, isn't mm -hmm. it? Um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's like the... <sighs> it's unnerving. It's unnerving, isn't it? It's, um... it's unnerving, but it's, there's also something reassuring about it. Because do we really want to get to the end, really? 
I don't know. There's, some, there's something in a kind of slightly sadistic way that's quite enjoyable about tapping into your pain. Do you know like what I mean? Yeah, pick, it is. There's something that's quite... Um, because it, it, it's a means to an end, isn't it? Or not to an end, but to, a, mm-hmm. to, a, to more growth, to, to a bigger you, um, to more possibilities, to... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a good question. I think it's about quite, it. Yeah, get back to me. Quite come back to you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, what happens when? Uh, oh, what happens when your personal development uncovers the rage mm. that has been poorly quelled mm. with distraction of busy relationships, mm. bags, holidays, all those external things? Yeah, I think, you know, that was the big, you know, when I talked about life bringing me to my knees, you know, um, it was the the realisation that there was a lot of anger underneath this disposition of, you know, this, this, in in my attempt to reach for forgiveness and um, compassion and empathy for other people, um, I really hadn't been honouring my own experience and just how much was there how much I'd, I'd numbed um, through the busy. And, yeah, it, it came, you know, I shared with Tamu that I was on the treadmill. I was on the treadmill and something had kind of triggered this feeling of anger. And suddenly I was, in, I was like, I need to go to the gym to shift the energy. So I'm running, I'm listening to J. Cole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he's angry and, you know, I'm a big J. Cole fan anyway, but he's angry and I'm relating to the lyrics and I, it was just suddenly it was all there and it was almost like the gym turned red, you know, and this is only a few months ago. Purpose has come out and, you know... You're healed. I'm healed. <laughs> you know, I'm holding me and... It's like, this isn't part of the plan. Yeah. I need to go and get my next book out. Because suddenly, <laughs> I've got this new concept of myself, yeah. right? And, um, yeah, so it takes you apart. But, again, it's when I talk about the, the other side of that being the beauty of it, is that you're held. It, it, there's somebody else pulling the strings. It's not you. And there's something incredibly reassuring about that. You know, why wouldn't, why wouldn't there be? You know, so... But yeah, it's painful. Yeah. It's painful to go back in um, and, to, and to even to recognise that you, you need to go back in and feel things that you have, um, you know, you've, you've blocked away and locked away is not for the faint-hearted. And yeah, it's been an interesting juxtaposition to be, I don't call it working, but in this space that I'm in and... Mm. and and also the recognition that everybody, you know, there are no, this old idea that there are the healed and the students is, is more of the same old paradigm. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. It's not the same. We are all, you know, the maimed and the medicine, if you yeah, like, yeah. The, the, the wounded and the healer. Mm. All of us, yeah. you know, let's get rid of this idea that there's a teacher at the pulpit and we're all there to learn and listen and they have this expertise no we're how we learn is through sharing through becoming vulnerable through each other that's it it's through that connection yeah so we've got to take the mask off and be real about it and you know what well my experience has been that there's safety there we think it's unsafe but there's safety there so I've i've had a number of conversations with women that range from um i feel guilty because my life is nice or um I, every once in a while, the rage, maybe they don't use the word rage, but it sounds like rage builds up because 
they're not doing what they want to be doing. They're doing what they should be doing. You know, they're, they're wiping bums, they're sending things on on time because they're avoiding the changes that will have to happen if they start to do what they want to do. Mm. Um, and that can be, like, I, I remember thinking, um, oh, my goodness, um, if I'm really doing what I want to be doing, I'm not going to have idle time the way that... <laughs> Uh, and idle time has been quite important, even though I beat myself up for it. Um, so there are lots of stories we tell ourselves. Um, so we then think, OK, forget it. Let me just be busy. Let me. I'm tired, but I'm going to take you to the park. I'm going to take a picture of you in the park. I'm going to whack it up on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. And I'm going to be seen to have taken you to the park or, you know, I've got this new hashtag ad. I'm so great, like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then also the, the other side of rage. So like when people say negative emotions, like being angry or um, rage or whatever, it's just an emotion. Yeah, yeah. And, me, read girl. Because I found it very cathartic to allow myself to feel that rage. Mm. Um, because on the other side of that rage, what has there been? Hello. <laughs> exactly. There's literally been. So um, what action do you take to prevent yourself from, li oh gosh, from lingering in victim victimhood? And I might be projecting here um, so that you can acknowledge your rage, anguish, whatever it is, as the normal human emotions they are. We're not on this good vibes only Insta. No. We don't want it. No, it's like a it's like a reclamation, isn't it? I feel like it's it's kind of going back for pieces that I buried, and and owning them, and they are all part of me, and and actually all of what we have to give as well, you know, they all have value. It's um, all of it. Um, how do I avoid the victimhood? Well, it's uh, I think a motherhood helps. Um, because who wants a woman mum moping around the house, you know, like, um, it's not who I want to be. I want to come through it, you yeah. know, it's, I want to come through it. I don't want to stay there and, um, but sometimes staying there is nice though. Staying there for a while, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Particularly when you've, when you've never been there, you've got to be there, you've got to dwell for a minute, you've got to hang out, you've got to feel it, check out the surroundings and, um, but ultimately, um, <coughs> You got to just, it's about you got to dig deep because it, it's, it can be difficult to get out of the bed in that space. When you start to, you know, to revisit some of those things that, you know, you'd buried, mm. they can really take you back. So, uh, courage. That's courage. You've got to... And support, you know, the, the support of... Um, I guess being conscious about what I'm taking in mm. from the people around me, from the, uh, the mediums that I'm consuming, all mm. of that, making sure that they are taking me in the direction that I want to go rather than back somewhere that I have no desire yeah. to stay. I think that's really important. I think that we need to try and be um, conscious consumers. Like um, people are like, oh, Instagram is this, Instagram is that. 
bruv, who, who controls the app? So I'm saying like Instagram doesn't do it on its own, you know? So um, I think it's really important to be mindful of um, what you're consuming, but also be a bit forgiving. Like I, did, I didn't wake up knowing about what I know now. It's been growth and progression. I'm not saying that we should approve like nonsense. That's just, you know, we're not doing alt-right. We're not doing phobias isms and all of that it's 2019 we don't do that no more but um i think that it's <laughs> you've got to be really mindful about the space that you curate i i listened to somebody say um that their social media whichever platform it was and was their sacred space and at first i just thought uh. <laughs> like, are you mad have you got things to do but then i just thought it's somewhere that we choose to be what people will say oh, i've got a business i need to be there no you don't there are plenty of people that are making a decent living in the real world they're not sitting down on their phone pressing buttons and commenting on stuff that they haven't even looked at just so that they <laughs> can comment, you know what I'm saying? But it's, um, we've, we've just got to be mindful about what we are um, consuming, but then also give ourselves space. Uh, there was a time when I was, it was, it was her, Nikki, is she still here? Hello. Um, when I was saying, you know, I don't know where Oprah begins and I end or Oprah ends and I begin. Because <laughs> I was literally just, Oprah, okay, yeah, yeah. podcast, okay, yeah. Oprah said this, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I was saying, I was like, what makes sense for you? Like, you do morning pages. I ain't doing morning pages. Sometimes I pick up my journal and I can write whatever. Like, I don't have to be on every wave. Do you know what no, I'm saying? Totally. Like, let yeah. me find my yeah. wave and do what um, I need to do. Yeah. So thinking about the work, can you tell us about some rituals you have and why you have them other than morning pages? Um... I like to ride my bicycle. Hey. <laughs> I did that today. And I just threw out, I had, you know, a couple of things. So what's, what's re replaced the to-do list, this massive never-ending flagged email to do this? Um, it's kind of one or two things that I want to get done for the day. Um, it, that, that's on the work front. Then there's the family. Um, but I had something that, 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 you know, sort of shook me up, set me this morning and put me in a completely different what was it? space. Something related to one of my kids. <laughs> yeah, you know, a concern about one of my children. And um, so it needed, I needed to throw out the agenda. And, um, and I did. And I cancelled a podcast. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Which we're going to get done, but they got it. And, um, and I just jumped on my bicycle. And I, 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 and I needed to do that so I could be better for everybody as well as myself. Mm. Um, yeah, without a, a route and, um, yeah, to, uh, to, 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 do, to be agendaless, whether it's through walking and not, you know, walking that commute doesn't count, you know. It, you, you can't know where you're going. Just, just sort of let yourself be free. Um, dancing, I had a little chuck out on Saturday morning to your hey, Saturday, Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, yeah. Um, yeah, movement. Yeah. I had some funny, uh, funny, uh, did anyone come to Ignite? 
I'm going to bore you with that story again about going to this. <laughs> I went to uh, Five Rhythms. Anyone? Oh, yes. I want to do... I was thinking about that. Somebody who is a practitioner, um, she's abroad, so she couldn't come. But yeah. I went to Five Rhythms class, and it's basically... It's effectively free movement, but, it, but it's more complex than that. And, and um, I thought, right, I'm ready for this. I, can, I need to move my body. Yeah, I'm doing all the therapy. I go to ACA, which is Adult Child of Alcoholic and Dysfunctional Families Weekly meetings, doing all this talking, sharing, vulnerability. I need to move. And um, I went along and as I got there, I, I went in and oh, I can see people moving through the glass, just moving and being free. I'm like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> so I go in, I'm like, so what do you do? How is this going to work? And she's like, you just dance. Huh? So I was like, okay. So I went in and I literally, I didn't realise how self-contained I was because I wanted to flee. And I thought, just sit down and close your eyes and just start to move. And if you can't see them, they can't see you. <laughs> no one's looking anyway. But yeah. this is, I'm, I'm watching this whole dialogue going on in my head. Um, anyway, I got into it in the end and, and I, and I kind of let loose and it was liberating and, and terrifying and wonderful. Um, but it's actively finding ways to move my body. Yeah. Um, and um, I might even train to be a Zumba teacher. I don't need the training, but I'm like, why the hell not? Yeah, I've got yeah. an amazing Brazilian teacher. And I'm like, I, I could incorporate, like, why not? Yeah. Um, writing is, is cathartic for me. Writing is where I meet myself yeah. and I, I tap into my my God, you know, I, I, I get, it's, it's profound for me. Um, I think it's really, there's something about that download from brain down your arm. The your, pen. Yeah, yeah, I wrote, yeah. I wrote purpose Can't be with on a pen. keyboard. I wrote, I wrote my wow. book with yeah, a pen. Wow, yeah, you said. Yeah. Your editor must have been like, what the? Well, I typed it up afterwards and okay. sent to her, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, what, and what? didn't know my writing <laughs> is not the one. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, um, what was the question again? How do I don't I... know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. Let's go move on. Kay. So since writing purpose, yeah. what new belief, behaviour or habit has most improved your life? Uh, it is um, what new behaviour? Well, the, you know, the biggest overriding one is um, knowing what? I'm not alone. Yeah, it's that connection. That, that's the priority. I need to come back to... If I don't do the morning pages every day, I'm doing yoga nidra at night... I'm doing something that brings me home to myself. And from that space, life works, um, even when it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's revelatory. That's a different, that's like life before and life after. And from that space, I've had incredible reaffirming experiences, um, which are unexplainable and intangible, mm. um, which just prove to keep... Yeah, reaffirming this faith in all that we can't see and touch. Yeah. And, um... Like a magical yeah. £900 from Lloyd's TSB. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Literally, I saw that, I thought, right, I'm going to go and get some Nike Air Max. Then I read, <laughs> put it straight on. I was like, you, thank you, but you, <laughs> at the same time. And dreams, you know, dreams. Yeah, you said something about lucid dreaming. Yeah, you know, dream, like you... It's just another medium, isn't it? It's another space, a different level of consciousness where we're able to receive once you're open to it. 
And like everything, once you're open to, you know, when you're closed, you don't receive. And, and when you start to become curious and open, you start to, to receive. And so um, dreaming is just another, um, another medium through which we can receive information, messages. Um, what information are you receiving? Because I've had a phase of having quite lucid dreams mm. and it was always like there was going to be, there was going to be some problem at work. Like there was, like literally, there was one day I had a dream that my boss at the time just came up to me on my desk and said, I don't like you. Mm. <laughs> um, and then a couple of weeks later, we had something happen where she didn't say that, but that's what she mm. meant. And I was like, bruv, I didn't like you first. <laughs> like, <laughs> and furthermore, those are the days when I would leave jobs without... <laughs> <laughs> without giving my notice. <laughs> I would just bought. They better not pay my money. But I would, I would just... Um, but, but, like, with the lucid dreams, I, I guess I'm wondering, because um, sometimes it's ego. Or maybe that's just me. OK, let's move on to the... <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. I think, you know, I'm no dream translator. Yeah. But in my experience, it's been, it's been things that have... I have understood how things have related to experiences that I've had. Yeah. I'm not talking about... Um, Your boss saying she doesn't like you. No. Or <laughs> even, you know, sort of projections of what's to come. It's been, it's been a, a, pieces of puzzles that have helped me with my own healing and recalibration, if you like. Mm. Yeah. Hello. I was just wondering, um, when you say about opening up to that, is that about setting an intention before you go to sleep, or how do you actually open yourself up to lucid dreaming? Sorry, I have to repeat that for the microphone. The question is about opening up yourself to lucid dreaming. Um, in my case, the way I discovered it was through listening to one of my fellow Hay House authors, um, Lauren, who wrote the, the medium in Manolo's. Oh, and, um, you know, mediumship is something that I was very much like, OK, that, that's not for me. I don't get it. don't want to know. That was, you know, culturally, like, no, we'd, I'd not. And um, Lauren was, this is last year's Ignite. Lauren was the speaker after me. And um, I was a little scared by the idea of mediumship, to be honest. And um, when I, I stayed for her talk, I spoke. And when she'd spoke... It was incredible, you know, she invited everyone to kind of close their eyes and, and, and just, just follow their breath. And then she started to download and she had messages, specific names and messages and job descriptions. I mean, so to the T that you couldn't possibly doubt it for people in the audience that were so moving and healing for them. And so then I read her book. And what was a revelatory for me was that actually the underlying message that she had was, was really not too different from mine mm. or too different from anyone that is about um, transformation. You know, it, 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 it's just our perception. You know, it, it's, it's our limited ideas about what's safe and what's not and what's normal and what's not. It's our judgments, again, that mm. get in the way from our ability to access this incredible untapped resource, mm. which is spirit or God, whatever you want to call it. It's all there for us. But And once we start to open up a little bit, then we start to receive. It's, it's kind of simple. Open up. <laughs> Hi. 
Yes, please. Yeah, Claudia. Oh, okay. Oh, Gunfinger. <laughs> Gunfinger for God. Does anybody? Yes, Nikki. <laughs> Sorry for the microphone. Nikki Raby is inviting Jessica Huey to have a self-celebratory moment. <laughs> Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate this. Um, God, I remember being in a Al-Anon meeting, which is for um, family members of people with addiction. Um, and I wish my bestie was here. She couldn't make it. She's working. Nana, we've been best friends since we were 11. And she came with me. And I think I was about... 25 and I remember being in floods of tears and saying I don't think I'll ever have the marriage and the happy family that I because it was just me and, and my daughter at that stage and we were happy the two of us as but I wanted the unit I wanted to give her that I wanted the white picket fence you know I wanted and I was struggling with myself inside I you know I was trying to grow up let alone be a mum and yeah, I just remember being in floods and not thinking that I was ever going to get there and thinking I was going to die rich alone. Hello. <laughs> no, but I was spending all my money. This was my, this was my confidence in myself. I love it. It's not appealing, Tamu. Stop it. No, no, like, it lonely. Lonely. For <laughs> like a second, I was like... <laughs> No, like the normally bags and shoes, <laughs> all that art on the wall, start fishing on the bed. Are we have? Am I cooking dinner tonight? Nah, don't fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Uber no, eats some carriages. No. I wanted love. I wanted love and connection, yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah. you know, and somebody to share decisions with. I was lonely. I was so lonely, mm. and you know. Um, yeah, I have a wonderful family and, you know, it's not easy, particularly when you're, you know, in this this growth phase and we all move at different times and, um, but yeah, I have a, I have a family and um, I don't have a fence, but I've got a beautiful garden and, and a bike. And a bike. Yeah. Right, I've just been alerted to the fact that we have 10 minutes left. So unless, well, well, for this part, unless... Does anybody have, like, I really want to ask this question. Right, so, Nikki, you started this. I'm going to invite people to share a celebratory moment. Oh, oh come on, Vanessa. That's my sister. That's my sister. That's my sister. <laughs> come on. And top tips for not... No, celebratory <laughs> moment. Is this a burning question? I was, I was going to ask a question. Okay, come on then. There's no short The magic days. pill. <laughs> 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 
so my so my sister Vanessa wants Jessica Huey to tell her how she can bypass the meaningful work. <laughs> Such a Libra, she just wants to get straight to it. Can I cover you now? <laughs> <laughs> the new business. The thing is, yeah. she isn't even doing that. Like, this girl just bosses everything. What do you want now? <laughs> Come on, give us a celebratory moment. Do a mum. Come on, Danae. I double booked myself today and I smashed it! Yay! Yay! Badly. First day working with Bowden, my newest client. Yay! 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 Come on, Zia. Um, I got a 3.8 my Chinese. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Nicola. Uh, two years ago, I didn't think I could be proud of myself and now I am. Yay! I saw you put your hand up. Oh, really? No. I finally started the business that I've always worked on. Yes, babes. I wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I thought, oh my god, you're so hot. You're yeah. Come on. Yes, Karen. Come on, we've got 10 minutes to fill. Yes, <laughs> five minutes. Bibi, you want to say something? Come on. Oh, wow, okay. Well, I'll start my yoga teacher training on Saturday. Yay! Yes. <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Okay, um, I really wanted to work with a photographer for a while and I was too shy to ask. Yeah. And on Saturday he came up to me and asked if he would if I could work with him. Hello. <laughs> yes, um, I'm finally a yoga ambassador. Yay! I've seen you, I've seen you. Yes, Paula. Um, I Last month, and I got an email today that they want me back next month. Come yeah. on, booked and busy. Yes, Ronnell. After two years of no, sorry, three years of putting on um, my reflexology course, I finally, I'm finally doing it now, and I've continued, and I've only got a few more months left. When can we book? Nikki. Come on, come on. I don't want to go there, no, no. Do you justify why or do you just say nah? Well, I mean, Come on. Um, but yeah, no is such like the opposite of what I typically 
can fall into of being grateful and kind and just being thankful that I'm in the room. So saying Lenise. Okay. So, um, she's making me do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, come on. One of my goals at, at the beginning of the year, I didn't, I don't do a vision board. I just wrote stuff on a bit of paper. And one of them, my goals was to do at least two public speaking events every month. And I've done that so far. Busy. Hey. Come on. Yes, Kelly. My partner and I, mainly my partner, um, manifested a free holiday to Hawaii. What? what? <laughs> I can't even celebrate that. <laughs> clap, Kelly, clap. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> now, Kelly, you're always manifesting stuff. The last time I heard from you, you were manifesting this and this and that and the other. <laughs> Give me some. Please. Elise don't hide. Come on, celebrate yourself. I know, but I'm like. Hey, what? Hold on. So you're gonna be spamming us with hashtag ad? Come on. Come on, Lisa. So I joined some dots. It's quite a long story, but there's Come on. a cafe at the top of my road, which um, has passed from hand to hand, and there was a really nice Brazilian couple, and it was always empty every day because they didn't have Wi-Fi. Um, and they ended up closing, and then a new couple took over, and they're Iranian, and my mum's Iranian. So I felt a real like connection with them, and again, it was empty every day. And I suddenly thought, I literally can't bear to see another business fold like that, just so quickly, knowing like what it, like the hard work it takes to grow something, and all the dreams and whatever. And and the dots that I joined where I'm in a WhatsApp group with 250 uh, parents in the area. Uh. Well, now they have to do it. We're tired. They think it's like, is there water in the like, paddling pool today? Anyway, they can make or break a business. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and they have recently been complaining about coffee shops um, being a bit snooty about brands and whatever. So I went into the Iranian one and just said, You've got a lot of space here. I hope you don't mind me suggesting, but I think I can get you some free or cheap play area equipment, um, and you should just maybe do a little corner play area. And overnight they did it, and they got it all. And um, they just said, "Please post a message in your mum's group," which I did. And every day there's been messages from parents and WhatsApp on the 8th of June, please. <laughs> <laughs> and mum's don't raise the mum's don't... Right, one more. C. C. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Mm -hmm. Interesting. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so, I guess... Yeah. Um, <laughs> one minute. I, I have sustained myself being freelance for the past three years now yes. after just, like, taking a leap and going for it. And I haven't had my house repossessed. Hey! Yes. I've been able to shop at Ocado at least five times. Come on! Not even Aldi enough. No, Come on! And yeah, so, and, and, I'm, and I was able to take the family on holiday. We were able to take the family on holiday. We're both self employed. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, that's something that. Wonderful. Yeah. We've, got, we've got one minute left. Jessica, I would invite you to share anything you have coming up, anything people should know about, anything people can book on. 
Um, what have I got? I've yeah. got. Um, well, I've just my my dream thing I'm celebrating is um, yeah my retreat, purpose retreat in Jamaica, January 2020. Yeah, Treasure Beach is going to be out of this world, and um, yeah, real honour to take people to a place that is home for me. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to be doing a morning of service out there, and there's a whole sustainable community and. Yeah, so that is um, the early bird prices until July the first. Um, is there a payment plan? Because yeah, of course there's a payment plan. <laughs> of course there's a payment plan, and um, there's a payment plan. And I run. If you've got a meaningful business, I run monthly masterclasses at the British Library, and they are really super affordable. It's four hours. It's forty-five pounds, and um, purpose-driven entrepreneurs. It's all about how to raise your profile and amplify your message and reach a wider audience. And they are a blast. A couple of people in the room have been. They're and, very um, good. Yeah. So yeah. And how can people, if they're not connected with you already, sure. how can they uh, connect with you? My handle is Jessica Huey. MBE on social and um, what's my website jessicahuey.com and that has all the dates in the event section of all the things I'm doing yeah, yeah. brilliant thank you very much everybody thank you thank you right so yeah I'm going to put the music back on uh, there's, some, there's some food left that might be my dinner um, so yeah please feel free to stay until oh we've got minutes to talk people <laughs> so yeah yeah we can uh, chat about thank you very much for coming i hope you've enjoyed it if you haven't don't tell anybody <laughs> if you have tweet it instagram it all that all that all that thank you very much Woo!